It's time now for the complete story with Rich Bot, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich Bot with today's complete story. Friends, we have a very exciting program for you today. Something very important is coming June 10th, and we're going to be talking about that with the person behind the event. And of course, it's Greg Laurie, and we're talking about Harvest America. You know him on the New Beginning radio broadcast heard every day on Bot Radio Network, and this is the way that broadcast sounds. Where should we share the gospel? Wherever. There's no right place or wrong place to share the good news. Pastor Greg Laurie says we just need to get the message out to our circle of influence. Think of it this way. We call it frangelism. Frangelism. F-R-A-N. F is for go to your friends. R, go to your relatives. A, go to your associates. N, go to your neighbors. Frangelism. Go into all of your world and preach the gospel. This is the day when the And that's right. And Greg Laurie is with us right now on uh, the Complete Story broadcast. Greg, thank you for being with us here. Rich, thanks for having me on your show. I've I've heard that intro before somewhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and how powerful that is. Tell someone. Uh, it's about the Great Commission. I heard someone say that Jesus' last words to us on earth ought to be our first priority. Of course, uh, we know that we need to do that, but people don't know how. Yeah, I think probably the hardest thing about sharing your faith is getting started. And I think one good thing to remember, Rich, is one of the most effective tools in your evangelistic toolbox is your personal testimony. Yeah. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have all the answers, but you know what happened to you. Uh-huh. And, and here's your testimony in a nutshell. It's what you were blind, now you see. You know, Tell them about how you were. Now talk to them about who you are in Christ and what the Lord has done for you. You know, the Apostle Paul was obviously a great intellect. He was a brilliant orator. But it's interesting to note that whenever he's spoken publicly, always started with his personal story, his personal testimony. And I think it's just looking for a way to begin an evangelistic conversation. You know, and a lot of times it's just looking for that lead or maybe throwing out a little lead yourself, uh, referencing something, uh, an answered prayer, or, you know, last Sunday at church, my pastor talked about that. Anything to sort of turn the conversation in the direction of spiritual matters. Just get the thing started. And once it gets going, I think you'll be surprised at the kind of things that you have in your heart that have been waiting to be unleashed uh, when the opportunity arises. That's right. You know, oftentimes uh, when I meet someone for the first time and they have uh, a Bible-based name, like maybe it's Peter or Joel or Mary or something like that, I'll say, well, that's a good Bible name. And oftentimes that opens up a door for someone to say, well, you know what that character is in the Bible? And you just start talking about the Lord, and it just opens uh, an opportunity for a personal witness that way. Uh, Hopefully their name isn't Judas Iscariot. (laughs) That name reminds me of someone in the Bible. Of course, he did betray Christ, but hey, (laughs) not many Judases out there, though, are there? No, not too many. Not too many. (laughs) But uh, I am very excited now. We mentioned the Harvest America. I got to attend a um, a Harvest Crusade that you had in Anaheim Stadium once a number of years ago, and uh, you had, I believe, 
Bethany, um, the soul surfer uh, yes. girl, and and also uh, the fellow that was uh, from Unbroken, the uh, the testimony that he had about being in a Japanese prisoner of war yeah, camp. Lou- Louis, Louis Zamperini. Oh, and the thing, I have to tell you, Gary, the thing that thrilled my heart with the thousands and thousands of people that filled Anaheim Stadium, and then you gave the gospel in such a clear and powerful way, very plain, very, very traditional, and the people came forward, and the thousands of folks that came forward to accept Christ, and it just filled my heart with joy, knowing that the simplicity of the gospel is the power that saves hearts and lives today. And right. and tell us about this, and, and tell us about the Harvest America crusade coming up in Dallas. Well, thanks for asking, Rich. You know, there's a definite method to that madness, if you want to use that expression, in that simplicity. It honestly takes more work to present a simple message than it does to present a complex one. You know, Billy Graham was once interviewed by David Frost, and Billy made a statement I remembered, and he said to Frost, I study to be simple. Mm. And so when I write a message for a crusade like Harvest America, uh, I, I work on it for weeks and weeks and, and go over it and over it, and almost so it's so simplified and so streamlined, because really when you preach an evangelistic sermon, which is what I'll be doing at AT&T Stadium on June 10th, it, from the beginning of the message, I'm preaching for a decision. And when I use biblical terms, I don't assume my listener knows what I'm talking about. I break everything down. I explain everything. But ultimately, I'm bringing them to a place where they're going to decide for or against Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that on June 10th at AT AT&T Stadium at this event we're calling Harvest America. And the reason we call it that is it's not only for the folks there in Arlington, Texas, where the stadium is, but it's for people all around the country. Uh, two years ago, we did this event, and we had we were able to overflow the stadium, which we had to give God glory mm. for. And then we had another 250,000 people watching it in host sites around the United States. And so it, it was, that's why we call it Harvest America, because no matter where you were, you could participate in this event. And when it was all said and done, we saw 25,000 people that we know of make a profession of faith to follow Jesus Christ. And mm. so we're very excited about this. And, uh, you know, people can look into becoming a host site. And all that means is you pull down that dedicated HD signal to your church sanctuary or to a theater you might rent or even into your front room, and you invite folks over uh, for the event. They can watch it with you in real time. So you can invite your neighbors in to watch it with you. Or... I. How does a church sign up to become a location? The best thing, uh, Rich, is to go to our website, harvestamerica.com. There you find out how you can become a host site, how you can uh, take full advantage of this event. But, uh, you know, it's sort of like the Super Bowl. You know, on Super Bowl Sunday, many of us, you know, watch a game around the same time around the United States and then maybe have a little party before or after Harvest America is sort of like the Super Bowl of evangelism. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the live event from AT&T Stadium that you watch there in your home, in your church sanctuary, and we have churches do it large and small. Uh, and then it's sort of like having me there. I mean, uh-huh. it's as though I were coming to share the gospel with your neighbors or in your church or in an open field with a screen set up like one person did 
or a multitude of other ways. And then when I'm giving the invitation at AT&T Stadium, I'm giving the invitation right there. And, and we saw many people respond, as I said, and then you get to do the follow-up on that brand-new believer. Mm. How exciting is that? Uh, Greg, explain to our, our listeners, some of which may not be familiar with some of these terms that you're using, when you say you give the invitation. Yes. Describe that. What does that mean? Thanks for asking. Okay, so when you're presenting an evangelistic message, and by evangelistic message, I mean a message that is very streamlined and very focused on how to accept Christ, how to ask Jesus to come and forgive you of your sins. Uh, so it's, it's a very clear message. It's a very down-to-earth message, and I really design it for a non-believer. But when I get to the end, the invitation, also called an altar call, uh-huh. is basically that moment where I say, would you like to accept Jesus Christ right now? Here's what you need to do. And in the stadium, I ask them to get up out of their seat and walk forward. For those that are watching in a home or in a church, I may ask them to do something similar or just stand up or just bow their head and pray the prayer. But there's some mechanism in place there where I'm going to ask them to say yes or no to the invitation of Jesus Christ to be forgiven of their sin. Because Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. Uh, Greg Gloria is our guest on The Complete Story as we're talking about the Harvest America Crusade coming to uh, Arlington, Texas, coming to Bot Radio Network, we'll be broadcasting it live, and coming to churches and homes all across America to hear the gospel clearly and plainly presented. And this is the type of thing we want you to invite your unsaved friends and loved ones to come and hear and see this and to be a part of this. And uh, uh, Greg... The power of this is hard to imagine. Well, you know, the Apostle Paul said uh, the gospel of Christ was the power of God under salvation. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is we overly complicate it. We get up in rabbit trails. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's interesting because that word that Paul uses there for power is the Greek word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. So effectively, Paul is saying there's explosive power in the gospel. But here's the key. You need to take people to the cross and tell them that Christ died on the cross for their sin, that he shed his blood for their sin. They need to repent or turn from that sin and put their faith in him. Years ago, I was in Billy Graham's home having lunch, and after the meal was done, we were sitting there at the table, and I would always try to think of questions to ask Billy when I had the opportunity to spend some time with him. And so I finally thought of when I said, Billy, if an older version of you could speak to a younger version, if an older Billy Graham could talk to a younger Billy Graham, what would you say to yourself after all these years of preaching? And he said, I would tell myself effectively to preach more on the cross and the blood of Christ, because that's where the power is. You know, I took note of that. For someone that isn't familiar with these terms, what does that mean when you talk about the blood of Christ? Yes. Well, here's the deal. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. We're all separated from God by sins that we commit uh, openly and overtly and some that we may not even be aware of. And so in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, uh, that was dealt with by taking an animal sacrifice and taking it down to the temple and, and symbolically placing your sins on that animal. And so that was sort of a prototype of what was later to come. Because one day Jesus Christ, who was God's only son, 
uh, was born in that manger in Bethlehem and then lived this perfect life and began his public ministry. And he went out and he performed miracles and gave us the greatest teachings the world has ever heard. But really his primary purpose was to go and die for the sin of the world. He was fully God and fully man. So in effect, with one hand he took hold of sinful humanity. With the other hand he took hold of a holy God. And spikes were driven through those hands. And he died in our place. He died as our substitute. He died. He faced the judgment that we should have faced. He came to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And then he rose again from the dead three days later. But see, on that cross, he shed his blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, that cleanses us, that washes us from all sin. So when I say the cross and the blood, what I mean is he died in your place. The only way you can get right with God is by realizing your sin was so bad the Father had to send the Son to die in our place. Understand that, accept it, realize that Jesus died for me, and ask for him to cleanse me of my sin. That's where it comes into play in my own life. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, this is the gospel message, folks. This is what's going to be presented uh, Sunday evening, June 10th. We have a little a promotional announcement. I want our listeners to hear about that now. Bot Radio Network is excited to bring you the Harvest America Crusade, live from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, Sunday, June 10th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Greg Laurie, host of A New Beginning, heard daily on BRN, will be presenting the Word of God in a compelling and engaging way. It's more than a broadcast. It's the body of Christ coming together to proclaim the gospel and impacting a nation desperately in need of hope. Let Harvest America help change the life of someone you know. If you have unsaved friends or family, encourage them to listen live on Bot Radio Network or attend an event in your local area. For details on where you can watch the Harvest America live simulcast, go to HarvestAmerica.com. It's all happening Sunday, June 10th at 7 p.m. Central, featuring compelling testimonies and an evangelistic message from Pastor Greg Laurie, live from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, the Harvest America Crusade. And that's coming up June 10th. Greg Laurie is with us here on The Complete Story. And uh, Pastor Greg Laurie, one of the fun things that we got to uh, be involved with, uh, with you on not too long ago was this incredible movie about Steve McQueen, American icon. And I had no idea that Steve McQueen came to Christ late in his life. Uh, tell us about that, the American icon Steve McQueen. Yes. Okay, Rich. But first, I want to just okay. say thank you for putting Harvest America on the Bot Radio Network. I really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate going to reach a whole new audience, and we thank you for that. Well, we appreciate being able to partner with you on this. You know, Pastor Greg, we're really excited about the possibility of a Great Awakening-style revival sweeping across Amen. our land. And I've heard that that before every uh, Great Awakening is a powerful movement of prayer. And so when I hear of prayer movements breaking out across America, it gives me hope that God is going to send revival. And I know you were with us at the National Day of Prayer just a few weeks ago in Washington, D.C., as a past uh, chairman of the National Day of Prayer. So I know prayer is a very important part of your heartbeat. And I'm sure that these Harvest America crusades also are bathed in prayer, are they not? 
They really are. In fact, we've asked everyone to set their smartphone to 320 every day. So when the alarm goes off, uh, you are reminded to pray for Harvest America. And the reason it's 320 is Ephesians 320 says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond that which we could ask or think. And that's really what we're praying for, for an event like this and really for our country. We're saying, Lord, do, do more. We need a spiritual awakening. We need a revival. In fact, as I look at the state of our country now, if we don't have an awakening, I tremble to think what can happen. You know, years ago, Peter Marshall, former chaplain to the U.S. Senate, made this statement. We have a choice before us right now, Christ or chaos. Uh And I fear if we don't choose Christ, we are in effect choosing chaos. You know, we've done everything we can to remove the truth of Scripture from our classroom, from our courtroom, from our culture. And then we're shocked when some young person picks up a gun and walks in and starts shooting others. You know, we've raised a generation that is so calloused and, and often from broken homes that they don't even know right from wrong anymore. And we need supernatural intervention in America today. We need a great spiritual awakening. So I'm, I'm praying that will happen. In fact, I've just been, uh, I finished a book on it called Jesus Revolution, where I tell the story of the last great American awakening, last great revival. And we're going to have a pre-release copy at Harvest America, mm. but then it will come out in September. But, but you know, it's been said the, the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. So I sort of wrote this book, Rich, as though I were sitting down with a young person today, maybe a millennial, and explaining to them what happened some 40-plus years ago, and perhaps we might see it happen again. But coming back to your original question, this event is just absolutely uh, immersed in prayer every single day because we understand ultimately it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. That is going to happen, so we need God's blessing so much. Well, I want to encourage all of our listeners to set your alarm for 3.20 every afternoon and pray for the Harvest America Crusade and pray for a great revival to sweep our land. Uh, Greg, I've heard it said that the last time there was a great uh, revival swept across America was a part of the the Jesus People uh, movement of the the 70s and the 60s and 70s, and that's how you came to Christ, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I became a Christian in 1970, I walked right into the middle of a revival. Uh-huh. Now, I had no background in the church. I never had gone to church for the most part as a child. I was taken a few times by my grandparents when I was very young. I had no point of reference. Literally, what I knew about Jesus was what I saw in movies, in the theater, like The Greatest Story Ever Told or King of Kings. And I always watched those films, and I had great admiration for Jesus, but I had no idea who he was. And on my high school campus, there was a very outspoken group of Christians that would meet every day for Bible study and have a little worship service. And one day I went and sort of observed them from a distance, not so close where people would think I was joining up with them, but close enough to sort of eavesdrop on their conversation. And for the first time, I understood what was being said. And the guy who was speaking that day, his name was Lonnie. He shared a very simple message of what it was to know Jesus. And I don't remember most of what he said, but I remember one statement where he said, 
Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. And I looked around at those other Christians and I thought, well, they're definitely for him. And I'm not one of them, so does that mean I'm against Jesus? I don't want to be against him. So I thought I would like to do this, but there's no way I could, possibly. And before I knew it, I was up there. I stood up with the other kids and had gone forward at the invitation that was given by Lonnie. And I bowed my head and I prayed and I asked Christ to come into my life. And that was the day that my life was transformed. And uh, then I started going to church at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa that was in the throes of the Jesus revolution, the Jesus movement. And, uh, and, and that's Pastor and that's Chuck Smith. Where I grew up. Pastor Chuck Smith, exactly right. And they had uh, big uh, baptisms in the ocean on the beach. They sure did. Down at, a big, uh, down at Big Corona Beach in Newport Beach, they're over to the side of it, there's a little natural amphitheater in rock called Pirate's Cove. And uh, that's where the baptisms were held. And the major news magazines came out, and they filmed them, and many people were aware of them around the world. And in fact, not only have I written a book called Jesus Revolution, but my friend John Irwin, director of I Can Only Imagine, yes. uh, the two of us are working on a film that will happen next year, and he's going to do a dramatic film called Jesus Revolution. And it will be the story of how I came to Christ, how I met my wife, Kathy. It'll be Chuck Smith's story. Uh-huh. It'll be the story of what that movement looked like. And so the viewer can kind of almost get into a little time capsule and go back and sort of experience it for themselves. Oh, I'm so excited about that. When, when does that come out? Well, we're going to start shooting it next year. So I think it will realistically be out in 2020. Now, was John Irwin involved with the Steve McQueen movie as well, American Icon? Yes, so John and I became friends. And uh, he actually wanted to meet somebody was the, who was there in the Jesus movement. So uh-huh. uh, he was introduced to me, and we had a lunch and together, and we began to talk and communicate. And so as we were still talking about this project of a Jesus Revolution film, I got this crazy idea about doing a Steve McQueen documentary, because I'd heard the story that Steve had come to faith toward the end of his life, and but mo- I didn't know if it was true. And most people so hadn't he- ever heard that. No. It, it, was, it was out there hidden in plain sight. It was out there, but most people didn't know it. And Billy Graham played a role in this. Mm-hmm. And it's a fascinating story. So I chased it down. And I, I met the people that played a role in this. I, I talked to Leonard DeWitt, who was Steve's personal pastor, who saw the whole thing firsthand. I talked to Steve's widow, Barbie McQueen, who told me the story as well. So we f- recorded it and filmed them and uh, Mel Gibson is in it commenting on Steve as an actor, and, and we have narration by Gary Sinise, uh, the well-known actor. And But I tell you what, it came together, and it turned out to be an amazing project that was very successful and touched a lot of lives. And you can get the DVD of that now. It's in Walmart. It's in, available at Amazon.com. And also Steve McQueen, American Icon, the film, is streaming over on iTunes and also an Amazon video. Well, I want to encourage our listeners to get a copy of that DVD and, and have it available to share with your friends, especially your unsaved friends that just want to have, a, if you want to have a chance for them to hear a powerful testimony, a true life testimony. And one of my favorite parts of that, that movie... Greg, is where you have on audio tape the actual voice of Steve McQueen at the end of his life saying, the one thing that I wish, I wish I had an opportunity for more people to know about 
about Jesus. And he just felt like he didn't have a chance to share his testimony. And now here he is on the big screen, in fact, sharing his testimony before thousands. Yeah, I kind of felt like there was some unfinished business with him. And, and when I discovered the story, I thought, someone needs to tell this, and I know this is what he wanted to do, but was never able to do because he had cancer. Basically, when I told the story to Mel Gibson, he thought that Steve you know, found religion on his deathbed, as people often say. That's uh-huh. actually not true. Uh, when Steve was at the top of his game, when he was the number one movie star in the world, he was so empty and unfulfilled by all that Hollywood offered, he went on a search uh, for meaning. And he didn't find the answers he was looking for on a soundstage in Hollywood. He found it in the balcony of a little church in Santa Paula, California. And when Pastor Leonard DeWitt shared the gospel, one of those Sundays, Steve responded and prayed with him and then met with the pastor later and told him about what had happened. Well, about six to eight months later, Steve found out he had cancer, sadly. But up to that point, he was growing in his faith. He was attending church. In fact, Leonard DeWitt, the pastor, told me, Steve asked, could I be an usher in the church? Can you imagine McQueen is your usher? But, um, you know, so Steve was really growing, bringing members of his family out. Uh, he was really impacted. And, but then when he got cancer, he, he was hoping he would get through it. But sadly, that yeah. was not to be. But we found these tapes and wanted to share them with the wider public. Anyway, it's a powerful, powerful story and very, very well told. Steve McQueen, American icon, and now I'm very excited to hear about this movie coming out that's going to be talking about the Jesus People movement and and, and your your role in that. But we're just about out of time. Uh, Greg Laurie is our guest on The Complete Story, and we've been talking about the Harvest America Crusade coming June 10th. It's going to be in Dallas, but it's also going to be in churches and, and homes and living rooms all across the country. We're going to be broadcasting it live on Bot Radio Network. Uh, Greg, give that website again where people can go to get more information and to sign up to be a location where they can share this Harvest America crusade in their community. Sure. The website is harvestamerica.com. Again, harvestamerica.com. And you go there and everything you need is there. There's a video that explains it. There's downloadable social media graphics. Uh, There's instructions on how to set your home, your church up to be a Harvest host site. So just go to that website, and you'll find out what you need there. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you, Pastor Greg Laurie. And be sure to listen every day on Bot Radio Network to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. And that's all the time we have today, folks. Thanks for listening for this edition of The Complete Story. This is Rich Bot sitting in for my dad once again as his voice continues to heal. Thank you for your prayers. And remember the listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. Thanks for listening, and thank you for telling your friends about Bot Radio Network. We'll see you next time.